It could have been Durthan, or it could have been Larry, or it could have been who knows. But they were talking about that you're always kind of low in the mix. And we mm-hmm. mentioned on the podcast that I put my face right in the microphone. Yeah. Uh-huh. It has a subcontext. Well, to it I've tried to do this so that it kind of makes me have to stay close if I do. Like, but you tend to lean back, back yeah way, and then no matter how much i turn you up uh-huh. so now you're turned up oh my so feel free to lean into the oh, microphone. okay laugh if you got to make a big guffaw right into the mic just right there i can gonna blow your eardrums out i'll freaking kill your eardrums anyway you ready to do this let's do it You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your host, Eddie. And Matt. Or is it? (laughs) You have to do one of your big guffaws. (laughs) Now they won't know if I just edited that in. Channeling one of my big Ed Ed McMahon laughs or whatever. Absolutely. You know that's a genuine absolutely, folks. Absolutely. That's I thought that should, that could be a, a drinking game, but they'd probably be dead by the end of the podcast. Take a drink every time I say absolutely. Yeah, you're blowing it out. I can see right now. Blowing it out. All right, you got anything to tell them about the long con? The long con. Okay, a lot of times I, you know, play up the enthusiasm maybe a little too much or something talk about it one of us has to be enthused but no i i am genuinely i was just telling my nephew today i'm really getting excited thank you there are some um uh we just got some really neat special guests i'm really excited about the new venue we've got cool vendors david donahue the with etten games is coming back and he always has amazing stuff at his vendor booth just stuff you don't see anywhere else stuff that's some of that uh, odd little bits from the ancient days of D and D that you were you've heard of, but you've never seen one before. Or He's whatever. still slinging lead. Yeah, no, no stuff. Always just neat stuff and great prices. Um. Anyway, so I'm just really excited about that. I know that um, this year people have often said, "Man, I want to vend, but I want to run games," and they've whinged about being stuck in the vendor area at our old venue. Well, now we have such a big room. We're going to put vendors around the periphery, so you'll be able to have like whatever table's close to your vendor table. You can you can run games and vend sorta, you know. So that'll be cool. You watch the vendors. Mm-hmm. The vendors watch you. Exactly. They're going to be eyeballing. But no, that's going to be cool. I'm really excited. Yeah, I really am. Um, we're down to the wire. This Saturday, right, is at nine a.m. Nine a.m. is when you're going to pick your games, and if you don't already have your ticket. What are you waiting on, for Christ's sake? But anyway, yeah, get your tickets so you can cherry pick your games. Or even if you got what's left over, those are great con stories, great games, great people running great games. It's going to be awesome. So anyway, yeah, anything you'd want to add about the longest of cons? Yeah, I don't think we're going to hit our dream number. No, not by any means. there's a good chance we'll hit our 2019 peak number. Yeah, which will be great. And that means at least we're getting back. You know, I mean, I get people are still kind of like... Go outdoors around people, and it's like they're starting to, you know, peek out their door and, you know, whatever, take their diaper off. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We will see. We will see. I'm excited. Um, so what else would we want to talk about? Oh, we were going to talk about the last episode. <gasps> Matt wasn't here for it. I wasn't available. But who knows if he's here for this one. This could all be edited in because Eddie does a lot of creative editing. In case y'all didn't hear him giggling. He knows his little bullshittery, you know. You know. So he has a lot of fun with the editing. So I really don't have a lot of new, exciting pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. What have I been doing? I've been watching American Dad because apparently there's a lot more seasons than I thought. Mm-hmm. They're at like 18 seasons now. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? No, I can't. But anyway, I well, guess if you're not a big fan. That's fine. Yeah. It's a million times better than 
Family Guy now. Oh, well, sure. Family Fam- Guy has completely gone off the rails. Family Guy jumped the shark a long time ago, but honestly, American Dad hasn't? No. I mean, it's had its ups and downs. Huh. Well, oh. it, it still feels fresh. Okay, cool. I will say... I've been watching the new season of Archer, and now we're like four or five episodes in. Because you were kind of holding off giving your seal of approval or or, or your boo. It's still not funny. Some of it's interesting. Like, you've got used to seeing these characters for so long, and it's you're like, here's the continuing adventures. But it's really not funny. It's more like, oh, okay, here's what they're doing this week. It's, it's not like, uh, this is awful. Mm. But it's... It's almost a dramedy or something now, in a way. I mean, it's not, it's, there's not that much drama. It's more like, here are the characters doing stuff, and you like these characters, but it's not, it's nowhere near as funny as it once was, and I don't think Adam Reed is writing for it at all. Yeah, no, probably not. I think he's kind of stepped Mm -hmm. away. But, and that's, people get kind of ritualized with things. I think that's how Walking Dead went as long as it did. Where There were people I knew that were like, well, it's Sunday. Got to watch Walking Dead. I'm like, do you? Do you really? Because, and then some of those people we talk, and it's almost like you, you shook them mentally, and they go, well, wait a minute. Why am I still watching that? Because it really isn't that good anymore. I'm like, yeah. You know, I mean, you, but you get kind of ritualized with stuff. Or you're like, well, I like these characters. I'm kind of invested in them. Okay, you know, but. And then have you watched any of the new Rick and Morty's? I haven't. I really haven't had the time. So I think there are four or five episodes in now. Okay. And that's been kind of meh. I will say maybe episode three, which was like a Thanksgiving episode, was pretty good. Oh, wow. And then the most recent one, which is almost a horror episode. Oh, wow. Was good, too. I mean, it's again, it's one of those ones where it was like, it wasn't really funny, but that wasn't necessarily the point of it. Oh, wow. So they're they're not necessarily like trying to make you laugh, but as long as you're entertained, then that's good enough. I mean, we think, well, it's a comedy. If it didn't entertain me, but no, if it was entertaining, then good. Um, it's like when we talk about going to run a game, and sometimes we've been like, oh man, you know, that maybe wasn't my best effort, or oh, you know, I could have done better. But everyone at the table's cheering or laughing or cutting up and leaves with some good energy. You did a good job, you know. I mean. You did what your job as a game master is. So, I mean, in that same vein, kind of, you entertained good enough. Anything else? That's it for me. So, I'll turn the pop culture over to Matt. And hopefully, you got TV first. Yeah. So, TV. Um, So, this is weird. Well, because, like, I watch a YouTube video. So, that's TV, I suppose. But we we just went to get some delicious Sunbird barbecue. I had the brisket melt, and you had your traditional... Uh, brisket sammy and i got that street corn with brisket delicious and um it was brisket with street corn it, yeah that's what really what it was it was awesome but um they were quite generous with their portions very good um but i was telling eddie while we're waiting in line about a day in the life so i guess there's a guy that does these youtube videos and it's a day in the life of and then it's whatever the subject he did a day in the life at goldie's and goldie's for those who don't know the uh, Texas Monthly Magazine, or whatever, they uh, every four years do one magazine where it's basically the top fifty barbecue joints in Texas. And the, in the lat, in the, the magazine that came out last year, Goldie's took first place. Goldie's is a barbecue joint over near Fort Worth, and it was really it was really interesting. I really enjoyed watching that, and uh, I got a lot out of it. Um, I've been watching more Star Trek and, uh, I'm still watching the first season cause it's kind of slowly, I get home at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night and I'm bleary eyed and I'm like, well, I'll watch one to unwind and go to bed. And I think those old episodes are like, they were an hour or something. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, you know, it's not like you can, you know, blaze through a bunch, but, um, I was really impressed with one called the conscience of the King. Um, the actual theme is one that's kind of, uh, not a new theme, but it's interesting in that when you really got to see an, an exchange between McCoy, you know, Bones and Spock, kind of concerned about, you know, Kirk or something. And their exchange and interplay was really kind of like, huh, you know, it was interesting and kind of well acted or whatever. And I really, I, I enjoyed that. 
but I'm, I'm, I've been enjoying going back and watching because I remember looking through the lens of a little kid watching those and reruns, mm-hmm. and I love them because that experimental color and all the, the space concepts and space boogers or whatever. But coming back as an adult and watching them, it's really kind of interesting, you know, looking through that lens, watching them again. Um, I've dusted off an old cartoon I hadn't watched in years was Mission Hill. Are you familiar? Nope. Yeah. So that's one that originally was going to air on the WB, and they let two episodes out and then pulled it. Two episodes. But the the thing was, and this is the kind of in the same vein of jackassery of like uh, Firefly, where it's like they reached out to Joss Whedon and said, hey, Whedon, you, your Buffy is gangbusters on you know whatever network it was on. We want the same kind of thing. And he goes, well, here's a cool idea I had, which is awesome. They're like, but, but this isn't Buffy. He's like, well, I've done Buffy. This other network has Buffy. Well, we wanted our own Buffy. Well, this is a thing I'm doing, and it's really got cool concepts and ideas. You know, I'm, I'm the same guy writing it. Yeah, but it's not Buffy. And they just right away decided they didn't like it, and they tanked it. Well, WB was trying to tap into the popularity of The Simpsons. So they had uh, green-lighted, I think, the Oblongs. I think that was WB. And then there was Mission Hill. And they had two of the guys who had really done great things at The Simpsons, which was uh, Weinstein and what was the other guy's name? I can't think of it right now. But um, but but these guys had written some good stuff at The Simpsons. But Mission Hill, it's kind of hit or miss. And what's sad is those first two episodes really aren't very good. Mm-hmm. But I, if you've watched a little deeper, like the third and fourth and some other ones were pretty good. But unfortunately, like they only aired the first two and they really didn't lead with their best material. So that's one that's got a little bit of a cult following. But... It's, it's hard to find. Like, you might buy it on eBay for 13 bucks for that one season. But as far as, like, if you're going to be on one of the streamers somewhere, no, you can find them on YouTube where people have uploaded them. And apparently, they're that not in demand that no one's went after them to take them down. Hmm. So if you want to watch them, there's one person that has, like, the whole season, I think, even the bonus material from the DVD, uploaded to YouTube. So is it a comedy? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a comedy. And here's the thing is, like, I remember watching it years ago, which I come to think when it aired on Adult Swim. Luckily, that's where a lot of these things find a second life is on Adult Swim, like the Oblongs or Mission Hill or some other things. And so, um, like I said, I remember watching it, God, what would have had to have been 15, 16, 18 years ago on Adult Swim. Uh, and, and I kind of enjoyed it then, but I was, you know, a younger, like, like the demographic they wrote this for is a young guy probably in his late teens or early twenties. Like you're going to identify with the main character and his pals and their shenanigans, you know, as, as a man of, you know, 50 years or whatever, it's like, yeah, it's kids, you know, just some obnoxious punk, blah, blah, you know, kind of ha ha. But, but no, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's got some funny bits, but it really, I could see where it, it, it probably if they'd advertised it more, it could have done better, but it really wasn't like, Oh, it's the travesty that like Firefly is. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, but Hey, check it out and tell me what you think. Um, let's see. As far as TV goes, I'm excited about, I haven't watched obviously, but I'm excited about Willow coming out, uh, you know, I guess on Disney. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie as a child or whatever. Um, I'm just hoping that they don't uh, poop the bed like Amazon did, you know, with Lord of the Rings and all that. Um, and, and, and I'll make a comment about that in, in, in the nicest sort of way. So you see people that are kind of irked about what Amazon's doing with the Lord, Lord of the Rings. And you've got all the apologists or people that like, if you criticize them, well, you're, you know, this awful, terrible person or whatever. No, people should be allowed to criticize something because they're trying to play it off like, well, you're not criticizing because it's the writing's bad or the acting's bad. But really, at the end of the day, you're just a bad person. It's like, no, the acting and writing is is bad. You know, I mean, you know, whatever. But anyway, it's that's where we're at now where you, know, you can't criticize something or you're, you know, this troll or whatever. But anyway... But the thing about it is why people are upset, yeah, it's like you've got set lore, and then they don't stick to it. Yeah, the real fans are going to be perturbed. What was great about Willow was typical George Lucas. He wanted to do The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or whatever. He apparently couldn't get the rights from the estate, so he's like, screw you. I'll write my own thing, and he did Willow. Well, here's the great thing is, I remember back in the day, like Willow 
had you know strong women characters people of color that were some of the dynamic characters no one batted an eye i didn't think twice about it i'm just some derpy kid from the country and i loved it ate it up with a spoon and didn't worry about this that or the other but the great thing is george Lucas made his own lore so there's no so I'm, why would i be mad if there's this or that or the other is but that's the thing when you when you when you option the rights of something like lord of the rings or whatever it is and you don't stick to the lore and then you want to wonder why people get mad well yeah i mean why did you buy this property and pay all that money not to use that material you know but anyway but that like i said the the willow there, there's i mean the what lore is what lucas created so again when they redo willow hopefully they stick to that lore but again if they go off on a tangent people are going to be like dude you know what i mean but it that if they have you know strong female characters or people of color that's okay because they had that in the original willow you know and we didn't think about it you know we just enjoyed it anyway um so i think that's it for tv okay what do you have for movies for movies movies um i i rewatched love and monsters I think I talked about that a while back, but I think I didn't remember the second half of it because there might have been potato water involved. Uh-huh. What are the odds? But anyway, I watched it with a clear head and really enjoyed it. I really had a lot of fun with that movie. Um, and I think it might have been uh, Durthan, our buddy, mm-hmm. might have been the one that originally uh, uh, encouraged me to watch it. And if you did, thank you, buddy. Good call. Um, because it's getting close to the Halloween season, I rewatched Creep Show 1 and 2. You know, because thanks for the ride, lady. lady. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, where's my cake? You know, it's Father's Day. You know, I mean, I love those little bits, those little lines. And then uh, again, oh, speaking of yeah. thanks for the ride, lady. lady. Thanks for the ride. You know who was originally going to be the lady? Who? Barbara Eden. Really? But like somebody in her family got sick or her mom died and she had to drop out. Oh, wow. And that's how the other. That because that, that would have been epic if in Barbara Eden, weird, yeah, huh? yeah, that'd have been cool, yeah. Because I mean, normally, you all beloved Barbara Eden, you know, we were talking about the other day. I heard that song, um, a Harper Valley PTA, and I was telling somebody they did a made for TV movie made out of that song. Well, at that time, that was a thing like The Gambler came out by Kenny Rogers, and they had a number of The Gambler little TV specials or whatever and they had a little tv special for harper valley pta with barbara eden playing miss johnson in the song you know with her miniskirt and they were talking about the raft and uh-huh. that's the one uh-huh. on the lake or river uh, yeah or pond, whatever that creeped me out as a kid it creeped well, the, me hard they were talking about when they filmed that the water was like freezing cold too. you you could see their breath that day uh-huh. and that kind of cool haze on the water oh yeah well i know the, the everyone's new news were kind of poking out and the guy's stuff was drawn up or whatever yeah the water water was cold you watch that movie very closely very closely but anyway um the thing about it no i'll say that like creep show the first one is probably the better of the two but i will say the raft from the second one man that really i mean really creeped me out i don't know what it was but something about that well i could think <laughs> of because we were swimming and I, I was just fixing to say as kids i remember skipping had that pier to yeah, swim out to yeah yeah or there was a place out near the brick plant outside Morning Sport where there was this one little small pond about the size of that, and there was this weird clump of crap that floated at one end of it, and there was an old raft out there, and we'd skip school to go out there, and we might drink a little bit of uh, uh, cola, and we might uh, smoke some clove cigarettes and go swimming at this little swimming hole out in the woods. And I remember about that time the raft came on, I'm like, oh my, you know, I mean, so it's a little, it hit a little too close to home. Um, and then I watched the trilogy of terror and we've talked about that before. I'm pretty sure again, but that, yeah, the other two little vignettes are for, I laughed my head off rewatching it. They're very forgettable, but watching the one with the little doll, I could see why me as a five, six, seven year old watching that, it scared the little poop out of me. And some people said for something that aired on ABC television mm-hmm. at seven o'clock at night in the mid seventies, that was pretty, you know, scary poop. But yeah, the little, little doll one, which I think is the third one. Like I would say, skip the first two and go straight to the third little vignette. But no, that one, it still kind of holds up. It's, 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 it's laughable, but at the same it's time, laughable. I yeah. think you had to see that as a kid yeah. to be scary and have that leftover. Right. Right. Horror to it. Um, so, um, I didn't watch the thing, but I encouraged someone else to watch it that had never Fine. seen it, and uh, they really enjoyed it. And they called me like like mid viewing and went, "Oh my God, this dude's head fell off and grew legs!" And I went, 
cha-ching. Like that totally put them off their cornflakes, you know. And uh, but anyway, yeah. So what's what's your favorite John Carpenter movie? I mean, there's so many great ones. List them all and I'll tell you. Well, you got like off the top of my head, there's The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, um, Escape from New York, there was Escape from LA, uh, you know, and there's more, but that's just off top. Those are the ones off the top of my head that I revere. I mean, you know. Is uh, They Live, They. Oh, yeah. Again, I love that one. We, Cody had never seen it and we, ha- we made him, held him down and made him watch it. And he was like, this speaks to me on so many levels, you know. I think maybe Prince of Darkness was one. Yeah. I know there's. There's a lot. It's hard to choose from, but I feel I know, like there's one in there that's like the hidden one that you'd be like, oh yeah, that that not that one, that one out of all of them. Yeah, and I kind of put you on the spot there. It's going to be Escape from New York or or the thing, the thing. And don't get me wrong, I love Big Trouble in Little China, um, but uh, but the thing, man, the thing scared the living crap out of me as a kid, and the tone and and the special effects for that time. Holy crap. I mean, which one of them have inspired your games more though? And, and it's funny you should mention that. I want to show you what was my, my follow-up question. How has this inspired you as a gamer? Great minds. And then there's you and me. Um, but, uh, gosh, I mean, a lot of those different aspects of those movies have absolutely impacted. Hey, number one. <laughs> Duke of New York, Duke of New York. No, I, I won't lie. We actually made a little role-playing game based on the whole escape from New York and played it out as kids and, Oh, absolutely. So and I've always wanted to do one with the thing concept. You've said that before, and I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Was you've talked about there's been games that had that para, paranoia aspect. Um, you know, damn it, muzzle <laughs> right in my no-no place. Go on, Minnie. Oh my. Yeah, she likes me too much. On puppy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> She's very friendly. Way too, just won't take no for an answer. All right. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think uh, other than yeah, that's it for movies. (laughs) She smells my dog. (laughs) That's my no no place. Yeah, listen, no no. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, so um, that was uh, movies. So that brings us off to books. Um, no, I haven't had time to read books. No, no books. I read Transformers Autocracy and it was all right. So, I mean, right. I will give it a thumbs to the side. It had its moments, but meh. Not, not great. You're not telling anybody to run out and, and read it. Nah. Um, oh, talk. So are we up to video games? Yes. All right. I'm excited for Bowder's Gate 3, the video game. The demo is out from Larian. I thought it's been out. Oh, is the game out? The pre-release or whatever, because you said demo, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, like like the demo's been out for a while, wasn't it? Didn't Cody and uh, uh, Sean, Sean were playing, playing it, it like, hell, like two years ago or something. Yeah. That. So, I mean, is, but is the game out yet? That I, this is your story. You're telling well, me. I know. You're informing me. Right. But I was just going to say that I guess they, back when they were talking it up, I was busy, life, whatever. I was like, meh, whatever. My computer's so dated. But now I'm kind of like, ooh, la, la. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've checked out the demo and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I think that's why I didn't let myself get excited because I've seen how this stuff can play out, you know? And it's like, how many years for it'll be out and or, you know, by the time it's out, you know, whatever. But so I think anymore I've learned to cool my enthusiasm. It's kind of like uh, they just, you know, leaked the whole thing where Hugh Jackman's going to reprise his Wolverine in Deadpool or whatever, but it's going to be in 2024. I'm like, ugh. So, yeah, way to build up excitement two years out. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's exciting, but, you know, you're, you're two years out. You, you almost might have to make some other exciting announcement a year from now, you know. They will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I've pretty much got to where I avoid this pre-release stuff because a lot of games just live there. Yeah. It's like there's never a final version, so you can never be upset with us. Or they rush out the version after all this big talk and build up, and it doesn't fulfill a lot of the enthusiasm or promises. It's all pre-release now because there's going to be that day one patch or mm-hmm. don't worry, we'll get to it in a month and fix everything up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like all the people when we've talked up uh, – 
uh, Fallout 74 or whatever, and people just pooped on it and crapped on it. Because, yeah, when it first came out, it was really a half-ass bullshit game. Excuse my French. But luckily, I didn't play it when it first came out. Exactly. And I have no built-up. Hatred of it. Hatred or angst. The people I've talked to will just spit on the floor. Wow, I fall out of fire. But me, I came into it, what, a year, year and a half later after they'd really fixed a lot of problems and added more material to it. And I was like, hey, this is a pretty cool game. And people were like, what? You know? And which you don't care for the game, but No Man's Sky. Same deal. Yeah. I got that one about a month after it came out because there was that massive hype. And I actually got on the hype train at the last minute and I couldn't find a copy. They were like, mm-hmm. nope, it's sold out. And I was like, wow. When was the last time that even happened. Yeah. So I heard all the negative reviews and stuff and played it a month later and I wasn't mad and I had a good time. It's one of those good mm-hmm. chillaxing games. Mm-hmm. Just unwind from the stress of your day. Yeah. And that's what I, I laugh, you know, the memes you see on the internet, Facebook, whatever. There was one meme that talked about like how many people have gotten burned, getting caught up in the hype train, paying full price for the pre-release. And if you just wait until the game comes out and maybe you find out, oh, it's, it's a half-baked game, and wait a year later, you're going to pick up the game instead of $74 for $13 at uh, Games to Go or Game Exchange or something, you know, whatever. And by then, they've actually added the content that would make the game worth $74. But that's just a meme, you know. But. Well, I mean, what was it? What was the one Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever from the uh-huh. makers of Witcher? Uh-huh. I was like, this game's going to be fantastic. And then it was yeah. like, meh. Wah, wah. And I don't know if it'll... It, if it's ever going to be really good or it's been patched up now, but I own it mm-hmm. if someday it is really playable yeah. and then they've got a show on Netflix. So their numbers are through the roof now because people love that show. So they're playing the game. Cool. Well that, yeah, that doesn't hurt, I guess, but initially didn't they have to like pay out some, I'm so sorry monies or yeah, something. They actually got kicked off the PlayStation store because there were so many refunds being requested. They're like, Nope, we're not even gonna let you sell it on our store anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty tough, you yeah. know, because it wasn't just about maybe the game didn't fulfill its promises. The story wasn't good. Literally, the game itself janky. is janky. Did not work, run very well. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that. Um, so, that's pretty much it for TV, movies. Anything else on video games? or? Nah, not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Um, all right. So, to our main topic. To our main topic, pooping on Watsy Bro. Oh, no. So you didn't hear our last podcast, unfortunately. Oh, my last podcast. podcast. You were there in spirit, as you always are. (laughs) But part you're kind of like, why did you even end up doing an episode? Well, I do feel compelled to say something on Thursdays. And if I have the time that I like to put something out anyway. Yeah. And then the other thing was my, I hate to say hatred, but my anger at, Watsy bro was burning a hole in my pocket where I wanted to get it out there. I was like, cause I almost brought it up on the Twitch show. Oh, wow. I was like, should I talk about this or does it put Goodman games in an awkward position? Cause they do make product for fifth edition. And I will remind y'all cause I know you remember we, we touched on this about what, two podcasts back but i didn't really go into great detail because i try to be that guy where until i get the full picture all the data i don't want to shoot my mouth off okay and, and there really wasn't that much out then oh one D D. okay what i'm talking about is magic the gathering interesting because okay. there was some uh game store owner somewhere anonymously that mm-hmm. i was talking to and mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't care that i'm you know telling these tales talking out of school there but it was like, I worry, I have to watch Hasbro Watsy because they could stab me in the back. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all this stuff going on with Magic the Gathering, which mm-hmm. you used to play that back in the day. Oh, absolutely. I actually was a competitive level player. I was ranked in the top three or top one in Louisiana at one time. Yeah. So I don't know if player. you keep up with it at all anymore. Not anymore, not really, no. But I was 100% ignorant of it, mm-hmm. and it's basically talking about how Watsy Hasbro is screwing over game shop owners now. No. So there's there's like a, they sell directly to Amazon. Mm-hmm. They don't, do you remember this one from probably like episode two or three way back in the Wayback Machine? Mm-hmm. Was uh, Hasbro Watsy's not going to have MSR's, I'll never get it right. Manufacturer MSRP recommended selling price. Uh So the reason they don't do that 
is so that it's on the game store to look bad. Uh-huh. Because it's like, well, we'll sell the box of cards to Amazon for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Amazon can turn around and sell it for a hundred and one dollars or ninety nine dollars because they don't care. They're playing with all the money. Mm-hmm. And then the game shops have to go. Well, if I bought it for a hundred, I need to make thirty fifty dollars off of it, right? Yeah. Because so they're a business, brick and mortar. They got to keep the air conditioning on, the lights on. They got to pay their employees. I mean, you know, when you're an actual brick and mortar place, you got fees. You know, it's not that you're greedy. You're just trying to run a business. And people going, well, why don't you just give it away for free? Well, then they won't be there next week. I mean, they got to make a little money. You know, I mean, there's there's making money and there's being egregious and being greedy. And it's you know whatever. So they're basically cutting the friendly local game store off. Right there, like, mm-hmm. well, are you going to buy your boxes here for $50 cheaper, or are you going to go there? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, is they're starting to cut into the single card business. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that secret, I always mess it up, secret layer, secret base, secret layer, I think is what it is. But that's where they're reprinting some of the older, more highly sought after cards. You're kidding me. Nope. And they don't release those to the game stores. You buy that directly through them. So the game stores never even see that. And they never have it on their shelves. And that takes down the price of those older cards that they oh, have the in their singles. nice glass cases. They're singles. Wow. And this is legal per Watsy's rules? Like Watsy's you can use the one it to... doing it. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So because I know you can't get your hands on a Lotus, you can get a reprint. And I bet they still charge a pretty penny for that reprint. But who gets 100% of that money? Watsy. Yeah. The friendly local game shop doesn't get to taste oh. any of that at all. No, I remember one time when I was at our, our not-so-friendly local game store, and some guy out in the aisles was whinging at the owner about, well, yeah, I can go buy stuff on Amazon cheaper. And the guy said, yeah, well, then do so. He goes, guy, he goes, you can wait two or three days for it to come in the mail. You can have instant gratification, and you can help support a local business. I can't compete with that. I've got to keep these lights on and the doors open. You were able to walk in here and hold it in your hands and read the back of it and maybe ask me questions about it, which you don't get necessarily with Amazon. So, you know, make your decision. But yeah, I can't compete with the price you can get on Amazon. Good day, sir. You know, and I mean, this guy's can be kind of jerky, but ultimately I was actually like in his, I'm like, he's right, you know, and that guy was the one who's a jackwad. Well, I'll get this cheap on Amazon. Well, yeah, we all know you can get a lot of this stuff on Amazon cheaper, but support your local game store. You know, do you, how, would you like to have a place where you can play that? Yeah. Would you like to be able to go to a place and go, hey, is this any good? Well, tell me why it's good or whatever. You but know. they're also pushing Magic the Gathering Arena. Isn't that what it is? The online, the online thing? Sure. Because that's pure profit. profit you don't have to print a card for that. And then the D&D books right now are kind of the same way where it's like, we'll sh- sell them to you for 25 bucks. Amazon, if you want to sell them for 19.95, we don't care. But, of course, your friendly local game shop can't do that. They're charging 50 bucks, and you're thinking, God, 50 smackers is a lot for these books. But you can buy it off Amazon for $27 because, you know, they sold it to them for 25 and they're going, well, we'll make our money off volume of sales. Yeah. And they're selling it for 27 bucks or something. Well, where you, I mean, that's a – if it was a few dollars difference, I'd be the first one to go, come on, guy. Go go buy it from your local game store. But, yeah, if you're saving 20 bucks, I mean, I don't entirely blame somebody. Or more, you know. And uh, But here's the thing is, that doesn't at all surprise me about Hasbro. We already talked about, if you've ever paid attention, our friend Cell ran a game store. And due to some other elements I won't even go into, he his profits and his business really got diminished and dwindled and diminished and dwindled. But the one thing he still had going for him, the one thing he had was uh, Warhammer. Warhammer. And then what, what, what a guy to have built up Warhammer so much in his community. How did Games Workshop thank him? By building a store just down the road and putting him out of business. Which is the exact, exact example I used last time. Yeah. So it's like these bigger game publishers like Watsy and Games Workshop so, so, don't care about the friendly local So what store. helped get gamers into playing Magic the Gathering? The local game store promoting it. And that's why I want to tell these local game stores, I want to grab them by their lapels and shake them and go, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And I know their big money makers have been Magic for years. But these companies are doing active things to, to screw you over and diminish your business, a business that you help build up for them. This is how they thank you. So I was talking to another game store owner recently. Oh. And this is really just super fascinating to me right now, guys. If you guys have a friendly local game shop out there in listener land, go see what their take is on it and report back to us because I, you know, sometimes I just love this raw data sort of stuff. So Mm -hmm. send it in to us. Anyway, I was talking to him and he was like, if magic went away, Mm -hmm. it would hurt a little 
but it wouldn't it wouldn't end us or anything. We're not dependent on it. Wow. And then it was talking about even for fifth edition stuff, or I guess five point five as we get into it, mm-hmm. they're very into the more alternative RPG stuff, mm-hmm. like Goodman Games or mm-hmm. Pinnacle with Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're trying to get to where we don't even need that. Because they see the signpost up ahead, which is we want to go all digital with one D and D. So luckily they've seen that then. And I'll be curious to find out later which one that was. And this is one where I was like, and I named names last time. So I'm just, this is a repeat for some of you, but I'm telling Matt to get his input. Yeah. Geek world. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are they turning into a toy store? Uh-huh. That's kind of lame. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, our buddies over at dragon's nest are putting in the restaurant and it's mm-hmm. like, Wow, that's very different. However, you want to say you have that. to go to it's all like, the trouble of getting a. I'm going to be a game store and a restaurant because now Whoa. you've got because now you've got to get uh, certified by the health inspection board and all the particulars that they would demand, and that's a whole thing. It's a lot of money invested sometimes. But now, a few months later, I'm like, it well, all that's brilliant. makes sense. That's the way to do it. Is they someday they may not be a friendly local game shop. Yeah, they'll be a friendly local restaurant. That sells games. Yeah. And that's why you see these places like Boards and Bites that offer some kind of upscale, kind of snacky little soup sandwich, kind of nice stuff and little teas and drinks and bubble tea. Oh, and we have board games over you can play and they don't even really charge you to play as long as you're buying food and drink or but whatever. Keep in mind, those are board game places a lot of times. Exactly. So where will we poor RPG guys go? Yeah. Well, and, and so that's really interesting. But it's like I Thank went you. to check out... Um, Oh, the place over in Marshall now. Something dice. Like the logo is a flaming dice. In Marshall? Yeah. The place Fire and dice? Fire and dice. Okay, yeah. Uh, Kenny Bain, I guess. I'd hoped to meet yeah. Kenny that night, but he wasn't there. But I met people that work for him. Very friendly, very nice. place is very clean. It looks very professional. Um, but I will say they were bragging about, oh, we got all these cool computer chairs, those really, really nice chairs. from and some, they've got the video game, or they've got the gaming PCs set up. Gaming they've PC. got PlayStation 5s. Yeah, they've got this whole one wall that's huge TVs and consoles and comfortable couches. So you can sit on a comfortable couch with a controller in your hand and a TV that's like bigger than your TV that they've got to play How video games. Dare you. I know, I hate to say it, but even because he That's has a 100 inch TV. I, exactly, I know. So anyway, but my to my point, they've got a really nice setup. But one thing the guy was bragging, "Oh, we got a great deal on these all these cool computer fancy comfortable chairs from some place in Shreveport that closed. They did something similar to them." And I'm going, "Well, wait a minute. I couldn't help but think if Shreveport couldn't make it, but you're going to make it in Marshall. Let's see. I, I hope wish. I hope they do. I yeah. hope they do." I I hope you're there for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. I have nothing but love for you, uh-huh. but I'm still going to worry. We like to worry. Yeah, we are worries. And they have a really nice big game table with the TV sunk in the middle. And I was like, where are your cup holders? And I love how my brain thinks. He's when he man said, well, are you going to allow drinks in here? Because someone's going to tip it over and they're going to short that out. And he goes, oh, uh, hey, we're working on the cup holder thing. And I went, yeah, you might want to. Okay. But but it's a really nice game table in a nice room. Well, we'll go off the topic for just a side here since you were there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to cost $15 just to go in. To go in. But here's the thing is, you're going to get a complimentary drink and snack as part of your $15. So you get some of that back. So but, can I sit down at the PlayStation 5 for that 15 or is that an additional? No, that's part of it, yeah. And now you, there, there might be a thing where like you have to get on the list if you get there late Friday night or something, sure. But as far as while you're waiting. SOL. Yeah, while you're waiting for your turn to get on the, the PS5, you can go go play foosball ping pong pool, on the pool table and, you know and again i said is there an extra fee for using the D room he goes nope for your 15 dollars, you go back to use the D room but i said but what if there's you know someone else is already in there he said well first come first serve i said could you reserve it and he goes hey eh, we'll okay, see they had know. a classic arcade area i didn't, didn't see, see that. that no but okay. there but there was an one the place is huge and i'll say there's ample room for more growth he kind of motioned down one hall and said we're still doing things down there that might be where that's going to be and that'd be cool that'd be really cool oh, yeah if you had the old classic because i'd love arcade to have, stuff how about the birthday you party there yeah in yours but yeah even to go there's something about having the different machines too oh, like over there is the mortal Kombat too and there's it, the miss pat i was gonna say if they have a tron i'm gonna be bought and sold i mean that's gonna be it right there See. Like I'll have my next birthday party there. Or I would be more willing to go over there and do the classic arcade stuff. But than that's I would for like the D and D room. But that's us. But I did see there were a couple of guys that I think are going to work from that look like they're probably a few years younger than us. And then there were some young bucks that were young, young. But these guys were from Shreveport working for Kenny. Hmm. They drove over. But Marshall to Shreveport's not that bad. 
but I'm it, it, I'm I, I'm very enthused for him. I think it's it's very ambitious, as I told him posted on Facebook. But I'm I'm a little concerned. We'll see. I hope I hope it works well. But think about this. For your entertainment dollar, you've got ample things to do in Shreveport. Bozier, Marshall, not so much, number one. Number two, we learned Shreveport is an odd creature, Shreveport Bozier. We tried to run a couple of cons there, and they didn't do jack diddly. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say We did well, all things considered, but we could never Mm -hmm. break 50 people. And so, like I'll say, Shreveport Bozier is a weird Out of a population duck. of a million or something. Right, yeah. You would figure we could do better at our, at our gaming con. But anyway, so so who knows? That, that spark and magic might hit Marshall. Look at Long Con in Longview. They say people in Shreveport don't go, go out and do things, mm-hmm. whereas people in Marshall might. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a le- lot less competition yeah, it's for something else to do. That's what I was getting at. There's not much to do in Marshall. You know? So Marshall might be the perfect place for it. And some of the outliers, you know, there might be kids out in the country, but, oh, boy, I can go put on a big TV and play PS5 or computer and games. And there's a new game shop over in Gladewater. Yeah. Which I can't think of the name right now. Something collectibles or something? or. But I would give you a plug if I could remember the name. But yeah. it'd be easy enough if you're in this area to look up Gladewater Game Shop. Yeah. And we need to get by there at some point yeah, and check them out. Yeah, we're going to go by and, and check them out we'll give them a plug um but kind of riffing off what you were saying but it's okay back to has hasbro bro hasbro listen bro anyway okay there are there are five million people that identify as warhammer players there are 50 million role players yet games workshop makes more money okay because you gotta buy an army exactly hell look at magic the gathering new series comes out all the time I remember uh, cool modules coming out quite frequently when I was a kid playing D&D, but you sold one module to one game master. One table, yeah. With one table. Um, Whereas Warhammer, everybody needs you, an army. You need an army, and then usually you're like, I want a second army or a third army. you got to get the cool new thing that makes your army the best one around or whatever. Um, this is all going to be fixed with the new one D&D VTT. As, as, as more has come out and we've learned more, D&D Beyond has already got people used to doing gaming stuff on their electronics. This is an inexpensive, yeah, and used to some ongoing subscription, which time was people would be like, what? I pay a fee one time and I'm done. But years of MMOs and things like that have got people used to these ongoing subscriptions. That's why I buy all my games physically still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, this is an inexpensive hobby. Um, but, yeah. one, but one D&D is here to change all that. That's just my opinion, plus some things I've, as we've had more time to do more research. That's why I didn't go into great detail last time, but I kind of threw a dig in there from what I assumed, and now I've dug in deeper. And this isn't just, oh, Matt, you know, no, this is, this is legit. So anyway. Uh, oh, Matt. I know. Because um, I'll talk about this being an expensive hobby. I remember ex-wives being, ah, that D&D where I'd be listening. I could be out on a bass boat and a bass finder and poles and rods and reels and well, a motor or whatever, playing golf. magic, you know, you're magic. You'd be buying Christ. that all the time. Yeah. If you were into Warhammer, you'd yeah. be buying that it, and buying paints any and buying kind of hobby. new codex. And no. blah, blah. Let me go buy my, my new uh, hunting rifle. I need a new scope for it. Well, I need some ammo. I need the better ammo. I got to side it in. I got to get a membership at, at a hunting lease or whatever. I mean, no matter what hobby you as a man are doing or whatever, it could be pretty expensive. Role-playing games are not that expensive a hobby. Oh, no. Yeah, but like I said, the one D&D is here to change all that. I remember our local Hooray. game store kind of sneering at role-players and role-playing because, let's face it, that's not their cash cow. Magic, tabletop warfare games, board games, all eclipse role-playing games, and peripherals by cash generate. Yes, I said that right. Board games even outperform RPGs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So and you knew that, but some people don't can't believe that. When it's a I true go story. to the friendly local game shop, Mm-hmm. All the money that I've spent there, I think I have bought one. I, I bought a replacement for my player's handbook. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I bought board games and pokey cards. Well, I remember back when we were uh, spending more time and energy and money with our local game store, them telling me at one point that they were like, oh, yeah, board games, we make more money off them. than, than Role-playing games are a, a distant third. Um, so, uh, but one D&D has skins, hairstyles, poses, exclusive weapons, etc. It's going to be microtransactions galore. You want to play that exclusive new wizard class? Pay up. You want that exclusive new sword with particle effects? Pay up. You want that cool new monster pack with sweet graphics? Pay up. Chumps will pay. Interesting how perspectives have changed through the years. Like I said, when I first got into um, 
uh, Meridian 59, the, one of the first massive multiplayer. I'd be at a game store, which was to show my age, and the time frame was Babbage's, which got bought out by GameStop, I believe. But I'd be at Babbage's talking up Meridian 59, like a guy might be holding the box, and I'm in the store, and, my, and I knew the manager, and he'd be like, ask this guy, he plays it, and I'm oh, it's a great game you should play it. And they're like, and as I explained, well, there's a monthly fee. Oh, bullshit. I buy a game. I pay one fee one time. Like, yeah, you're used to those games you'd buy for at-home play, you know, like the first um, Elder Scrolls game. I mean, you bought the game. It's yours. You own it. Time immemorial, and there's a one-time fee. Why am I paying some ongoing fee? And nowadays, if you go, hey, there's an ongoing fee, okay. You know, I mean – but that's the great thing about, like I said, you buy the D&D books, it's a one-time purchase, and you can create your own. You know, you can buy modules or online adventures. They're out there galore. But you could create your own adventures, which we did as a poor kid from the country, and that's where I got my what skills I may have in writing adventures was you had to, you know. But I'm, I'm saying it was an expensive hobby. Again, a poor mm-hmm. kid from the country, save up, do some yard work, buy a D&D book. Save, save up, buy a D&D book from the old TGNY. But – um. But yeah, these game companies start with it being gamers making cool stuff for other gamers. But over a long enough timeline, it's some suits and shareholders demanding more profits. Yep. That's what happened to Games Workshop. That's probably what's happened with Because between, there has, bro. Yeah. If there's not a record breaking profits this quarter, screw yeah. you. you yeah. You're screwing up. So what's sad is it's moving away from, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Again, I've always said there's nothing wrong with capitalism and it's great that you're out here making profits, but there's making a profit and then there's just being that. That's your soul driving and just being egregious with it. Well, it's like what Chris Perkins mm-hmm. in the fifth edition world in D&D. I'm sure he has a passion for the game and that just sure. comes from his heart. Yeah. But his boss's 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 boss is just a suit and he doesn't care as long as it makes some money. Yeah, where's my money? You know? And so you have to think about it. Magic the Gathering makes them oodles of money and they're going back reporting to Hasbro. Maybe for a long time they've been able to point to that number to kind of stave the wolves off. But I'm sure over a long enough time on the wolves have said, hey, why isn't this D&D license that we paid all this money for bringing in the kind of money that Magic the Gathering does? There's been rumors for a long time that Hasbro was going to sell them off. Yeah, because it it doesn't generate the kind of funds that they want. Look at what the amount of staff working on Magic the Gathering and the profits they're bringing in as opposed to like our buddy that we dearly love, old Gould, that we see every year at uh, North Texas. He's working in the D&D sector. You, well, know? you know, just conspiracy theories here. Maybe 5-5 five, five, five is going to be their last cash grab. And when they get that money, they'll be like, okay, we're going to sell it off for the next person to take that sixth edition risk. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. And, and you know, again, people could could go, oh, go get your tenfold hat, Eddie. But man, what he, this is very well within the realm of possibility. Why not? So what I'm getting at is I hope that more people and more game stores will start looking at these other games. Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of great games. I love Black Dungeon Hack. Ball, Black yeah. Hack. Yeah, DCC is fun. Find out where your flavor is, but look at some other game systems because you might find that you like them better regardless and maybe don't put all your... Like I said, we've looked at games that put all their eggs in the basket of magic and got kind of burned. Well, again, people need to you know learn that there's other games other than D&D. And don't get me wrong, I like 5th and D&D. It's, some of the other day said, you don't like the game. Stop right there. I like the game itself. It's, it's a well-written game, but there are other games that are just as good or better. It's not so much that I don't like the game system. I just don't like the way Hasbro and Watts are doing business. That's what I'm right. getting at. And you know? it's not an addition thing. Like, well, they're going to in a new edition, so screw them. Yeah. Never again. I'm angry about that. Yeah. No, I, no. I kind of think, yeah, I'll get pulled into 5.5 or whatever, but I don't want to give Hasbro Watsy my money anymore because yeah. they're killing my friendly local game store. Right. Because, I mean, because we're those guys that, and I'd be out there and go, well, I don't care. I'm going to play online anyway. Well, bravo for you, but we're old dogs that we just don't like playing well, online, really. Conspiracy theory or whatever. Yeah. Why are we trying to get everybody to play online digitally and stay home and not socialize anymore? Yeah. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for D&D, really. Yeah. That's true. How do you make friends in this day and age? Where are you meeting people? Yeah, that's why we encourage you. I need everybody at the game club. I need everybody over the game table now. That's what we talk about. We encourage people to come to the con because you'll find out like, wait a minute, you live just down the road? Wow, I didn't know, you know, and you could meet at a con playing a game and find out your new good gaming pal. You might get invited into a cool game just down the street from you or something. It's a great way to network. Come to your game store on game night. 
come out to the con or whatever, meet fellow gamers from your area, you know, whatever. That's like we said, our con isn't even, we don't make any money. And trust me, the headaches and frustration that we, <laughs> if I mean, you knew. if only you knew, but ultimately we do it because it's like a homecoming. I mean, when people come in and we get to see our buddies that we've made it North Texas, or we made it Red River originally, or we've made through our own con. And I love seeing those people. And it's like, it definitely is like a homecoming and it's really sweet and they're friends and you just, it makes my heart swell. You know, I look forward to it, you know? So anyway, I know, I know touching moments. I'm getting a little misty over here. Anyway. So yeah. Hasbro and Watsy suck. Yeah. Yeah. So send your money elsewhere. Keep supporting your friendly local game shop. Please like what you like, but keep in mind if you like having a friendly local game shop, Watsy Bro is not supporting that. They don't at care. All. Like I said, look what Warhammer did to to sew and other game stores, and I guarantee you Hasbro is doing the same thing to, sadly, the same stores that help build their brand up and make it popular. How do they thank them? By screwing them over. Well, I may very well have talked about this in the last one too, but I can't think of the name. But there was a shop in Seattle that all the Watsy magic people would go that was their friendly local game store where they played magic mm-hmm. and as soon as watsy started doing all this uh secret layer stuff mm-hmm. they're like we're done we're selling out we're not gonna limp towards uh, you know eventually bleeding out and yeah. dying we're gonna go out on our own yeah. and even they see how they're getting screwed over yeah, I yeah. Mean, they don't care yeah it's all no. it's all suits and corporations yeah, which is sad. I mean, I, that's one reason I love some of these smaller game companies because it's people that love games, making games for other people that love gaming. It's kind of talking about David Black and the Black Hack. It's a great little game. It's simplistic, but us old. So for people that love fifth edition, yeah, what would you recommend? I'm going to say maybe Castles and Crusades. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a close analogy. Just scratch that itch. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a great game. And honestly, it's kind of like, all the things that were good about well, first and second edition, but people are a bit like those goofy saves and because um, they had and uh, Thaco and all that saves crap. first, right? Yeah, exactly. They did that before fifth edition did. In fact, fifth edition more than likely. I'm just going to say. I think lifted I said before it. they lifted that idea well, from them, I and they're allowed Castles to. And Crusaders have strongly implied that as well. Yeah, and I mean, which, so if you like stats of saves, Castles and Crusaders did it first. It's the same stat line. They've added a few new classes, but it's got a lot of the stuff that made D&D great back in the day still is, is baked into the DNA of Castles. If Castle Crades is, like I said, Eddie, I bet if, if, if he could convince the world to do it, you'd go back to playing second edition and be perfectly happy. Maybe first, maybe yeah, Castles and Crusades, yeah. maybe you so, know, the kind of Osric, yeah. the freshened up and, and Osric is great too, but, uh, but Castles and Crusades is basically first and second edition kind of spruced up. With with a better set of saves and Thaco gone because I'll be the first one to tell you, Thaco. So yeah, it's a great game and the good thing is it's a living game. These guys out of Arkansas, so just up the, you know, just north of us, good old, you know, well not good old boys, but they're they're sophisticated, but still they're they're good Southern guys that actually interacted with Gary Gygax mm-hmm. and got their bless his their blessing from him and did some things to help him out towards the end. A great bunch of guys. It's a great game. There's a, people right in like our buddy uh, Mike and Liz, the Save for Half podcast. He's wrote some great adventures for their game system. Um, so and there's nothing to stop you from doing Forgotten Realms. Yeah. In Castles and Crusaders, if you want to. Oh, the great thing is it they won't, won't come and kick in your door. Yeah, I uh, I ran some Castles and Crusades for Eddie and uh, uh, TJ and Leela and uh, Craig parent and gary or whatever at one time and i took some old adventures and was easy all i did was took the uh, what is it you take the thaco the armor class you invert it mm-hmm. and subtract one or something I mean, it's a simple little bit of math and ta-da you can run those great old adventures in castles and crusades quite and i'll easily. throw you another bone is you could always do savage worlds or savage worlds pathfinder mm-hmm. because pathfinder has a great rich world and lore Mm-hmm. So that's something you can get into real easy, and you're still in the uh, swords and sorcery type mm-hmm. action. 
I've seen a number of people chime in about they always were impressed with the Galarian world lore because mm-hmm. they hired some good writers to craft that lore, and they've had 10 years, over 10 years, to enhance that and build more on the lore. And then there's just a huge back catalog of adventures written for it. But I get a lot of people were like, ugh, you've tied this ritual to that just ridiculously crunchy, you know, 3.75, whatever. Well, yeah, now you've got Pathfinder in Savage Worlds. You've got an elegant game system, all this rich lore. And I, me and Gary have been converting some of the adventures over to yeah. Savage Worlds. Pathfinder Society, uh-huh. as compared to Adventures League Adventures, uh-huh. they're miles apart. The uh, Pathfinder Society is so much better. People have been really lauding us, and we, we take the credit. But really, yeah, we've seen where the adventures are written for the uh, – Pathfinder Chronicles that they've again there's 10 years worth of those Chronicle games because they've hired professional writers to write those and so they're really well written and well done and I've enjoyed playing them and running them so I'll say that yeah again I, I wasn't going to go there but you but, know yeah, I definitely Savage Worlds uh, is cool because I know like again old dogs it's learning a new game system every six months or something we want to change genre it gets to be a pain in the ass I'm really excited about I know the core rules of Savage Worlds now. And then, oh, you want to play post-APOC? Click, here's a companion book. You want to do supers? Here's a companion book. Which, you to know. go back to what you said, where you're like, you'd probably like everybody to go back and play second edition. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, actually, I think right now I would just go Savage Worlds. Let's yeah. all learn Savage Worlds and you, just have the basics. Yeah, uh, Garrett's talking about wanting to do Traveler. But again, ugh, we got to go learn Traveler. Nope, Traveler 4. Savage Worlds, because there's so many official companions that have been done for it. But then if you look on the internet, in my favorite price, there are oodles of free companions. People have done at least three different Fallout companions, like source books. You can play Fallout in Savage Worlds. There's people that have done Wink Wink Gamma World for Savage Worlds. People that have done Shadowrun. So if you're like, God, Shadowrun is such a weird game system, but tied to a cool concept or idea, Ta-da, here's the elegance of Savage World. Here's the somebody did an unofficial Shadowrun conversion. So I mean, I wasn't gonna go there, but yeah, I mean no Shadowrun. But don't play Mjork Bork. Yeah. <laughs> That's for posers. <laughs> you watch the Twitch show when it was like that's a uh, Heavy metal for people that only look at the covers. They don't listen to the music. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Because, you know, when Matt kind of asked for opinion, I said, well, it's like, I didn't say it's all flash and no substance, but I did say it's definitely more about an attitude, I think, than the actual rule. The rules themselves are not anything groundbreaking or you've you've totally thrown the genre, the, the role playing on its head with these new, no, these rules are nothing new or groundbreaking. It's just the game itself is all about attitude. You Flavor know? and fluff. And yeah, yeah. Stuff. The artwork is real stark you know it was done by these uh nordic death metal artists that do the you know album covers or whatever and the the written lore in the game is like the dark nebulous clouds from the north you know speaking of your you know foretelling your doom within days you know you're like oh man it sounds so harsh and metal man yeah yeah but if you take all the artwork and all that prose away it's like man it's kind of a mediocre game system or whatever but which goes to show you you could take any game system and take lift this whole attitude of Mark Burke. Exactly. And ta-da, you know, you could have a very hard-handed, dark, stark DCC, D&D, Black Hack, Savage Worlds, whatever, you know. It's it's more about the attitude there. Which, by, don't, I, that attitude is cool. Right. I, the attitude is, is totally metal, dude. It's cool. But, yeah. I could see you using that in Black Hack just as easily and you'd be like, oh, you know, this is some dark Black Hack, dude. You know, so metal. Yeah, it could have been a Generic all systems sort of reference, I guess. Yeah. Way to say it too. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So it's interesting to see you come over to my dark side there, or whatever. But maybe for different for reasons. Savage worlds or no, just hating no, on Watsy. Hating on Watsy or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really. I think we hate on them for not quite the same reasons, but yeah. Here's my reason: is because I am a big defender of the friendly local game shop. Oh no, I'm, I'm the proselytizer of that. I've been banging like, that drum forever. So yeah. But you, you're like, oh, they got woke and go broke. And I, well, I kid, I kid. Yeah, I know. No, but there, there's a little bit of that. But on top of that, also, there's this real serious lockstep, you know, make us all the money, you know, bring them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's two layers for me or whatever. I'm totally in agreement with yours. And then there is a little bit of that wokey stuff. But um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that, and plus nothing else. I've just got aggravated with people that are just like, oh, try a different game. And it's like, yeah, your anus won't implode. You'll live. Try a different game system out. The great thing is, and people are like, God, it took all my little brain to, to wrap my head around fifth edition. Then these, some of these games are really not that hard to learn. Savage Worlds, the, the, the mental buy-in. I've had people that play one combat and they're like, all right, I get the core concepts. I'm good. And you I'm know. not saying never play fifth edition again no. or throw away your books. You already own it. Keep playing it. Play yeah. with what you've got. Play it the way you want, how yeah. you want. You've got the books. I'll tell you this one. Take your fifth edition books that you already own, run out and buy that Mjork workbook. Uh-huh. Get the inspiration for that heavy metal flavor, mm-hmm. that dark, dark world flavor, and put that in your fifth edition if you want to, if that's what will make it for you. Eddie's used fifth edition to run um, everything. Lamentations of the Flame Princess, which is some hard edge, dark stuff. And we were like, this game is Candyland. And then Eddie Bruce realized that if you run it the right way, it doesn't have to be Candyland. He, he, he put the fear. Cody was like scared to, to role play for a while. Like, might I touch the dice, sir? You may. <laughs> I'll tell you. Don't you touch that dice, boy. You know. <laughs> but that just goes into running styles, too. And it's like, yeah. if you have a good GM, mm-hmm. any game can be great. Yeah. You could play the best uh, first edition game mm-hmm. with somebody that can run a great game in any system. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason to be scared that if you're not playing fifth edition, you're not getting the full flavor, the full effect. Because we told the story about the lady that the game store that first did board games and snacks, kind of like Boards and Bites, and it did well. And then he eventually layered in role-playing games. And one night, the, the hoity-toity mom in the Escalade dropped her son off. And when she picked little Skippy up that ne- the next day, that night and they dropped him off the, later, she was like, now, you're not going to have my son playing these generic games. I, for my money, I want little Skippy playing. You know, I don't want to be having the store high-top brand. I want, you know, the... You know, bougie brand of soup. It's like I, I want the, the Dungeons and the Dragons. What do you What are you trying to schlock on my kid? This off brand stuff. Like the guy had introduced some off brand role playing games. You know, and it's too funny. People that don't get it. You know, that's like I want the name brand. And that's like we said. It's become what eponymous or something. That's like you know, people walk into the store going, "We're here for the D and D." No, that's just the, the only term they've ever heard. They're here to play a role playing game. You could probably put anything in front of them. And if you run it well, they wouldn't know any better or care. Which is like here in Texas. Mm-hmm. I want a Coke. What, what, what kind? Coke. Yeah, give me seven up, you know. But that's it, yeah. I'm here to play a D&D. What kind of D&D? Kind? Savage Worlds. There you go. And, that, and that's it right there. And it's funny. I've, I've talked to some people that were like, we can't get anybody to play 5th edition this one table. I'm like, well, come over and play Savage World with us. <gasps> you know, and then they just they go silent. And I'm like... Okay, but we've had a couple guys that have been, well, you guys seem to make it happen every week, and this other table can't. Can I join you? And we're like, you're more than welcome. Come on. And within one comment, they're like, I get this. And they're wanting to buy the books, so hopefully they'll have the books available at the store soon for purchase. I've, I've told them, don't buy the books offline yet. Get them from the store. Support your friendly. I've always hold, been about it. Hold. Yeah. hold. And but, I'm uh, running some place test stuff for John Watson that should be in the DCC world that i'm very excited about yeah i'm a little butthurt i can't be there not to play if i could i would be there i'm telling you if you well this i won't hear this until you might get out yeah too late but definitely eddie will probably play test this again this is your second time with this yeah it's going to be fun i wish i could be there it's going to be fun super i think john watson's going to be sitting on a gold mine with this yeah even if it's not the gold mine that produces gold it'll be the one that produces uh, creative stuff and a ton of fun for the people that play it. Well, and it could be drive through RPG gold. You know what I mean? They have the silver gold platinum, whatever, but John's a super guy, very creative. And I'm so excited that he let us in on his secret. And he's a modern knight. Yeah. He's awesome. We love those guys out of Dallas, them Dallas wrecking crew. All right. Well, before we run out of hit points before, uh-oh. there's one more that I need to get in here. Uh-oh. Etten games. Yeah, I oh, went down yeah. last weekend. I, the, every time he posts that, the schedule's already out, and I have to work the weekend. Gamers flea market, and I've been the ones who's been posting interest in it and talking about it. Yeah, I want to go. I'd love and to. I go. figured we would go and I, stare lovingly into each other's eyes, but you but weren't able to make it. Kind of like Reapercon, you had to go without me. But how was the it? The way around, you went to Reapercon. Yeah, and then you went to this without me. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I, I bet. recommend it. 
David was good as gold to me while I was down there. He's all, he's class act, he's top a great notch. Guy. So he said it changes up every time too. Like one time it may be very board game heavy, and one time it may be very war game heavy, and sometimes it's kind of on the RPG side. Interesting. So what it is is people just run in there, set up on a table, and whatever they got that they're trying to swap, that's what's there. So what did you swap to get that cool uh, Big Trouble in Little China board game you got? That wasn't from there. Oh, okay. But... But I got that cool game now. Yeah, it looks I was cool on as a, shit. Uh, Kurt Russell board game kick or something, right? So I've got that one now, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. But uh, I did some swapping of some modules uh-huh. that oh, we had. Oh, those directly to David himself. Mm. <laughs> we talked about the potential for that. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those things where it's like it never even hits the table. Yeah. So he's it, like, uh-uh, come over here with that. It was a lot of fun. He was a great host. It's a great store. Uh, I finally got to see him now that they've moved into the new spot. Oh, the new digs. And so huge. And wow. Cool. Really, really big. The cool thing is talking about like, like, like drive time, long view to his store. About three hours. It's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, you know. And you don't have to go through any major cities. We mm-hmm. went through what? Lufkin and Nacogdoches. Yes. You're hauling. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was an easy drive and you're not going into the heart of, Dallas or Houston. You're either. on you're the verge. The north yeah. End, so, so you don't have to get into all that craziness. Oh, yeah. Oof. yeah. We decided to go for barbecue at this place that was in the middle of Houston. And like, ugh, the drive was. And MagCon may not be 100% dead. Oh, good. Good. So, yeah. That'd be nice to see them come back again. Absolutely. We really enjoyed the one time we got to attend. But had a good time. Highly recommend you check it out if you can. Yeah. And I will be twisting some arms locally to see if we can make something like that happen around here. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that's like Kirby was talking about going. I guess you didn't see him there. No. He's probably looking for some carpool action or something. But when I said I was interested, I saw he quickly chimed in like, do you think you're going? I said, well, if I can get the time off. But and I, I asked two and three different people at work, but nobody would cover me. I hate it. But one that's of these. You have to have friends. I know. Wouldn't that be that nice? Work. I know. I know. But anyway, I have friends, but not real friends, you know. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. Did you see that clock on the wall? I did. It says we're all out of hit points. Acha. Acha. Acha.